Hi, Rodney Jane here. This end of financial year, drive into big savings with Bob Jane T-Marts. Buy three selected Bridgestone, Yokohama, Dunlop, Goodyear or Kumo tyres and get one tyre free. We've got alloy wheels from $125 and quality tyres from only $69. That's right, quality tyres from just $69. And we won't be beaten with our best tyre price guarantee. Call or shop online today. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we'll look after you. T's and C's apply. This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news, presented in partnership with Bob Jane T-Marts and powered by Race Fuels. Tyres for every purpose and price are available nationwide at Bob Jane T-Marts, which is steeped in racing history. Also delivering the best rubber-to-road performance is Parked Up Plus, with the best grip on what's happening in racing. Each week, multi-award-winning journalist Mark Fogarty breaks the big stories and talks to the big names. If it matters in motorsport, you'll hear it first, right here on Parked Up Plus. Coming up, SVG Chicago windfall. Ford parity debate far from over. New Zealand back. QR out. Newcastle 50-50. Supercars 2024 calendar update. All this and more, straight ahead on Parked Up Plus. Here's folks. Hi there, race fans. Supercars superstar Shane Van Gisbergen is still basking in the glory of his Chicago NASCAR triumph. And rightly so. It was an amazing performance, worthy of all the accolades he's received. But as well as setting him up for a not-so-distant future in the NASCAR Cup Series, it's now emerging that SVG Chicago Street Race win was also a financial windfall. Some suggest he earned as much as a million dollars from his share of the race prize money and bonuses. NASCAR Cup Series races have big prize purses. The total payout at Chicago was $7.5 million US. However, the division is secret so we don't know what SVG's win was really worth. It could be up to $2 million. More likely, the winner's share was around $1 million. NASCAR Cup Series drivers normally get 50% of prize money plus bonuses. So it's likely SVG earned at least hundreds of thousands of dollars for the win. Our understanding is that he brought funding to the drive with backing from personal sponsor Quadlock. But he would have had some sort of bonus deal with Trackhouse Racing, and after his big win, he certainly would have cashed in on that. So SVG certainly had a prize money share and bonus for performance deal with Trackhouse Racing. Regardless, the win makes Van Gisbergen hot property and increases his value when he switches to NASCAR, which, by the look of it, is going to be sooner than later. He gets about, well, $650,000 a year from Triple Eight. Our information, that is in NASCAR, he could command up to $3 million US annually. Van Gisbergen's big appeal is that he can win road or street court races, well, almost at will. 
race wins get teams into the playoffs, which is worth big money. So, with NASCAR looking it up to eight non-rival races for the Premier Cup Series, a proven circuit racing star like SVG becomes very, very hot property. His financial windfall from his Chicago win just adds to the growing paddock opinion that he's gone from supercars at the end of this season. He's unhappy with Gen 3, and clearly, he wants out. Triple Eight boss Jamie Wincup won't stand in SVG's way, and major team shareholder Tony Quinn encourages his switch to NASCAR. All the signs are that Van Gisbergen is gone at the end of this season. Conspiracy theorists point to the team orders switch in the Sunday race in Townsville when Red Bull Ample Racing switched its priority to the fast-rising star Brock Feeney. As I say, the conspiracy theorists say that's an indication that they've lost faith in the Giz and they're backing Brock Feeney. We'll see how that pans out. Now, all of this, well, certainly, it also brings Ford star Cam Waters into play as a potential replacement. Waters is on the market for next year and beyond, with his front-running pace making him the logical target for Triple Eight. Of course, Waters also has NASCAR aspirations, as does Erebus Motorsports' Brody Kostecki. Waters thinks Van Gisbergen's Chicago success opens the door for supercars drivers to break into NASCAR. Um, yeah, what Shane's gone and, and done definitely hasn't hurt, so it's it definitely helped. And um, yeah, like I I want to do more racing. I'll be very vocal about that. Um, yeah, race a spring car in the summer. Um, you know, NASCAR is something that I would love to do. Um, I was already kind of trying to do something before Shane even got his deal together, but uh, I'm not sure if we'll get anything together this year. Um, we'll keep working on it, but we'll see what happens. And, and what would you be looking at, Cam? Are you, you know, go straight in like he did in the Cup Series in a road or a street course, or are you open to, you know, Xfinity? Um, I'm just open to anything, to be honest. If it's um, road course or even a, a shorter oval, um, I think if you wanted to go do that full time, you know, NASCAR, you need to see if you enjoy doing the ovals. So um, I think doing an oval would be important before you made it, you know, a tr transition into that category. Well, it'll be interesting to see this. Uh, looks like there's a lot, to, lot to play out between <laughs> now and the end of the year. Yeah, hundred percent. Waters remains at the centre of speculation about driver moves. He's had an offer from Walkinshaw Andretti United and an approach from Triple Eight, plus his option to renew with Tickford Racing. Ford finally broke through for a legitimate win in Townsville, ending Chevrolet's domination. Anton Di Pasquale won the second leg of the Townsville 500, restoring his and DJR's battered confidence. It came on the back of aero parity tweaks for the Mustang, about which there were very mixed reviews from the blue side. More aero testing is coming up to address the Ford team's continued complaints, 
and those complaints are that there's still a lack of red downforce that kills the Mustang's tyre life over a race distance. Well, drivers and teams still aren't happy, but among the more moderate views is that of Walkinshaw Andretti United co-owner Ryan Walkinshaw. As Walkinshaw tells Parked Up Plus, Supercars is working hard to fix the parity disparity. Well, I can't speak on behalf of any other Ford team, um, but from our team, um, uh, we think that there's you know uh, a small a small uh, increase in in area where we we're trying to find it, um, uh, and obviously you know we've, it's, there's no there's no doubt that there was a, a significant requirement for us to make some sort of uh, aero change. The parity trigger uh, was triggered um, multiple times towards uh, the, the first half of the season um, and Supercars did the right thing by following the procedures and going through the review process. The review process um, was pretty clear on what they found out um, and, uh, and Supercars have acted in the appropriate way that you'd expect them to based on, uh, on, on, on how the process is outlined. Um, so look, we're not going to know the true uh, extent of the uh, you know, increase in performance from the aero adjustment uh, until we go to a couple more tracks. We need to go to a big aero track really to really gauge what the, the, the increase is. Um, but uh, so far we've had to sort of start tuning the cars around that a little bit because it has shifted the balance uh, slightly. Um, but you know, it's a very, very small aero adjustment. I mean, you've seen what the, uh, what the parts look like. Um, you know, compare that to what the rear wing for the ZB looked like for the last few years. Um, you know, it's only three mil uh, compared to the ZB, which was much, much larger. So it is a very, very small adjustment. Um, I think it's right to only make small adjustments because I couldn't think of anything worse than having had the first half of this season where it was, you know, the Camaro show. Um, and then supercars had gone and given us too much. And then all of a sudden you have, you know, 10 Fords in, the, in, in qualifying and the rest of Camaros. That would have just, you know, kept the same problem, just reversed it round. So I think supercars should be commended on being cautious and not in doing the right thing, but doing it in a way which was uh, pragmatic, using the data that was available, available to them, working with the CFD. Um, to ensure that um, everything all lined up and um, you know we'll see over the next few rounds um, if it was enough or if it was too little um, so you're you're happy you're satisfied that supercars is not only working hard on this but they're taking the concerns very seriously oh absolutely and I, and I think it's important for the fans to understand that you know there is a process there is a parity trigger process which we have in the sport we've had for a while now um, as frustrating as it has been for the four teams of the first half of this year, um, having to wait for that process to trigger um, and to actually cause the review uh, process to commence, um, you know that's that's what we have, and it's there for good reasons because you don't want to be making quick adjustments, um, shooting from the hip. Um, you need to have enough data over a period of time at different tracks to be able to make a, a full analysis and to make the right decision going forward. So, um, you know whether I'm uh, happy with how far we've gone is, is still up for debate because we don't know yet. Um, we're going to need to go to more tracks to, to really see what the, uh, what the, the parity adjustment does. But you know, it's important to note that it is, it's not a huge change. It's, it is minor. Um, but again, you know, we should be making minor changes not, and not doing anything rash because then you just make the problem that we already had worse. After Saturday's race in Townsville, WAU star Chaz Mostert unleashed on supercar's aero testing process. Mostert was third thanks to a clever three-stop strategy, but he was scathing afterwards about the parity system. 
According to Ryan Walkinshaw, Moster's criticisms were uncomfortable, but entirely justified. I mean, Chaz is able to say what he wants to do, and I think it's important to remember that all the four drivers are incredibly frustrated. Um, and I think it, they've been, if anything, I think they've all been very mature for the last six months in dealing with it the way that they have, um, for the good of the sport and for the good of their teams. Um, but, you know, when you end up doing what Chaz did yesterday, we had an absolutely phenomenal drive. The team had the best strategy in pit lane, and in any other season, uh, we would have won that race by 10 seconds. Um, but you saw we had, uh, you know, tyre life that was 10, we had tyres that were 10 laps better than the guys in front of us and we're on par on pace which demonstrates the issue we still have with the tyre deg on the forward side which is something that needs to be uh, continually reviewed by supercars and improved upon because at the moment um, it appears that um, qualifying is slightly better and slightly slightly more balanced um, but in the race we still have uh, serious issues so you know understandable that Chaz was frustrated um, I think there's no one who's going to deny that we've had a good process for creating parity in this category for a long time. It's worked very, very effectively. Um, but these cars, um, you know, they are very different with the engines and uh, even with the aero. Uh, it's, it's harder to uh, ensure that there's balance in those areas. It's also um, uh, made worse by the fact that when you have the cars that are so similar now in the chassis design, that they're all identical essentially. Um, you know, the parity needs to be even closer because back in the day, if there was a slight uh, discrepancy in the parity between the two brands or the multiple brands that we've had in the sport, we had the ability to develop the car to be able to work around the, uh, the, 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 the chassis uh, in order to be able to uh, fix some of the areas which, you know, one of the other, team, one of the other uh, brands may have had a, an advantage. Um, whereas now we can't do that. There's very little development we can do. So you're really stuck with what you, you have. So the parity needs to be so perfect now because the cars are so similar. Um, so processes that worked previously, I think we've realized, um, don't work as well as they could do for what we have now. I don't think that's anyone's fault because I don't think we realized, I don't think we, you know, you don't know what you don't know. I think we've learned a lot this season. I think supercars have, um, have done a, a, a good job in, in what they've done during the parity review. Um, and be, I'm sure there'll be continued work going forward uh, to try and help us with the, uh, the obvious uh, disadvantage Ford's have in tyre deg. Um, and uh, I'll be confident that supercars are going to do the right thing going forward on, on uh, increasing the tools that the homologation teams and supercars have, uh, be that wind tunnels or, or, or whatever ends up being, and transient dynos that um, you know, will have better results going forward. Um, so you know, I think it's commendable that they're now uh, looking at those as options. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, um, it should improve going forward. The focus at Townsville was on small aero modifications to the Mustang, which seemed to help. But as Ryan Walkinshaw confirms, there are still outstanding engine performance concerns. Uh, of course, and, th and that's not up for debate. That's clearly visible in the data. We're still using shift cut timing uh, as a band-aid solution really at the moment. Um, there's, there's differences between these engines and they are very different engines. The architecture is very hard. It's not an easy job. And I think you know, it's difficult for the fans to understand that you know, there's been an enormous amount of work that's gone in, into these engines already this year from, from supercars and um, Craig and Craig Hasted and Adrian's team have done an enormous amount of work into that. Um, alongside the homologation teams and, uh, and the engine suppliers to try and fix some of these issues. But you know, they, they do still exist. Um, we have options that are available to us on what we're going to try and do to fix them. And um, I know I'd hope that that's going to improve over the next couple of rounds. There will be more parity testing ahead of the Sydney Super Night at the end of this month. More after this short break.
Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state-level motorsport. And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuels.com.au. You're listening to Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Welcome back. Next year's Supercars calendar is taking shape. Trans-Tasman track owner Tony Quinn is confident his Topor track in New Zealand's central North Island will get the nod to host Supercars return next year. Quinn runs the Topor, or as we know it, Taupo track, as well as Hampton Downs and Highlands Park over there. And he also, of course, owns Queensland Raceway right here back in Australia. He's bullish about Taupo, or Topor, but he says QR was never in contention to rejoin the Supercars Championship in 2024. Now, the person leading negotiations to secure Supercars' return to New Zealand is Tim Watsford. While Tapo track owner Tony Quinn is confident the Central North Island circuit is a lock, Watson Watsford is a bit more circumspect, but he's pretty confident. He is the point man on negotiations with local authorities and the New South Wales federal government. And while he's a bit more circumspect than Quinn, he's confident that it will happen. The support when I walked through the door um, for New Zealand more generally was was overwhelming. And, and that's, I think that was four days of me being in the role in the last year. So that has been echoed through all of my discussions with the federal government um, over there and local government. There are a few other tracks as well as Topor that are kind of on the cards. We're working really, really well with the with the federal government. Um, it's it's with I guess the submission piece from their perspective is with them. It has been them for a little while now. Um, it's quite a lengthy process, which I agree with. I think I think they do their due diligence on what content that that is applied. But from a supporter base, New Zealand is is incredible. I walk over there with a with a supercar shirt on and engage, and the general public want us back, um, and we want to be back. I think that's kind of been publicly said by by a lot of people. Um, I feel we've got the support there from the federal government, and and now we're working with them to hopefully try and get an answer out in the next little while. Like. The, the process that goes, I guess, when working with state and federal and local is, is a long one. Um, been there, done it myself in, in the Northern Territory government for five years, so I appreciate it. I'll, I'm hopeful, you know, in, in the next little while, we'll have, a, we'll have a really good result and be able to kind of announce our return. That, that's our priority. And, and you know what, grow our footprint in New Zealand, to be quite frank. It's, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing area. They've got some incredible spots to race. Um, you know, the closure of Pookie was, was a, was devastating, I think, at the time for, for our sport. But if, if you culminate 20% of our fan base is, is of New Zealand heritage, which is effectively a quarter of their broader population, we need to be there and, and hopefully we do more in the future. So is it looking positive that we'll be back there from next year? Yeah, yeah it is. It's looking really positive. I'm, <clears throat> I'm overwhelmingly hopeful, put it that way, that, um, that we see a great response and you know we can announce some good things in the coming months around what next year's calendar looks like. It's it's an exciting spot to be in. Um, I think we'll be very successful. Um, 
and then we can really build on building a legacy into New Zealand for the future. I think, you know, we've just seen Shane take out the NASCAR stuff over there and the support from the New Zealand fan base is, is overwhelming as well. So I think it's all, it's all working to the right direction. Um, like I said, the dialogue has been incredible. The, the, the support shown locally and at the federal level has been, has been there and, and, and hopefully we get a good response in the next little while and we can get back over there and pick up where we left off. The other big question is the renewal of the Newcastle 500, scheduled as next year's season opener. Watsford is also confident the Newcastle Street Circuit event will get a multi-year renewal despite local resistance. So we're working with the state government and also Newcastle locally. Uh, they're, they're obviously great supporters of ours, have been for, for a while, obviously coupled with Sydney and Bathurst from a state perspective. Um, huge footprint for, for us in terms of where we race. Um, going really well. We're hopeful that we kind of, we need to kind of really know an answer this month. Um, we need to try and bed that calendar of what next year looks like. Um, I'm, I'm once again hopeful. I think the state sees the benefit of what, what it brings to potentially that region. Um, the event itself and, and only being going to it the first time myself this year, it's, it's a monster and my background is in, is in tourism and, and, what the, and what the economic outcomes that come back. It's a good shot in the arm for, for the Newcastle region. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that we get, we get there soon. They've got a new government, so they're assessing everything and, and rightly so, but that's, that's they're going to go through that process in detail. Um, so I appreciate from a ministerial perspective the decisions that, that they make. Um, but yeah, hopefully this month we could kind of get the, the nod to keep going and press on. Lots more to come from that discussion. Back after this important message. The Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast is all in the name. It's all motorsport. Focused on those who make significant contributions to the sport we love. Correct. Some people might only see a dozen motor racing events each year, but the truth is that our sport never stops. Almost every weekend there's a car race going on somewhere. And Gaz, you're at most of them. Ah, yes, and if I'm not there, you certainly are. And you'll hear from us on the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast every fortnight. You're listening to Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. In other supercars news... Dickford Racing is at the centre of speculation about downsizing from four to two cars. Supercars owner race is reportedly looking at reducing the field to 24 cars. The attraction is a big payout for a team willing to sell one or more of their entries. Now, we hear that Supercars is offering up to a million dollars each to buy back two licences with teams receiving close to $700,000 a year in dividends, a buyback would quickly pay for itself. Dubacars wants to reclaim two entries and then sell one back to Blanchard Racing Team to make it an even 24-car field. Dickford Racing is a prime target, struggling to finance four entries. But the Ford team maintains that while it's not actively in the market, it is open to offers. Plenty of action in Townsville over the weekend, plus a dramatic British Grand Prix. Wrapping up another big weekend of racing, here's Grant Rowley. Thanks to our partner, Bob Jane Timber. The Repco Supercars Championship continued at the NTI Townsville 500, and there was a breakthrough win for Ford 
as Anton Di Pasquale took Shell V-Power Racing Team's first win of the season on Sunday. In fact, it was the Blue Oval's first success since Newcastle. Saturday saw Chevrolet continue its domination as Coca-Cola Racing driver Will Brown took not only the win on Saturday, but the championship lead from teammate Brody Kostecki. Finishing behind Brown was Brock Feeney and Chas Mostert. Anton Di Pasquale headed Kostecki and Andre Heimgartner on Sunday. Brown leads the standings by 27 points, heading into the Sydney Supernight later this month. In Dunlop Super 2, honours were shared by rookie Kai Allen and Zach Best as Aaron Seaton scored his first pole position on Saturday. Carrera Cup Australia action was split in Townsville as a penalty for Callum Hedge elevated Max Vidot to victory in the opener. In the third and final race, Alex Davison sealed the round win by taking the final race victory of the weekend. The Battery World Aussie Racing Cars Super Series provided action aplenty as Cody Brewitsky and Reese Chapman took two wins apiece. In the Toyota Gazoo Racing Australia 86 Series, guest driver Jaden Ojeda won the opening race, but Ryan Kasher took race two and the round, with Tasmanian Campbell Logan winning the finale. Overseas, Silverstone hosted the British Grand Prix, where McLaren took the fight right up to Red Bull, but Max Verstappen was just too good, securing his sixth victory on the trot from Lando Norris and Lewis Hamilton. Australian Oscar Piastri scored his best ever Formula One race result, finishing fourth. In FIA Formula 2, Jack Doohan enjoyed a successful weekend, finishing third and fourth across the two races. Frederick Vesti and Victor Martins took the wins. In Formula 3, Franco Colapinto and Oliver Grove took the wins, while Aussie Christian Mansell scored a breakout podium. Fellow Aussie Hugh Barter was also among the points. The World Endurance Action returned at Monza, where Toyota won through Mike Conway, Kumi Kobayashi and Jose Maria Lopez. Ferrari and Peugeot filled the podium. In NASCAR, William Byron took the victory at Atlanta from Daniel Suarez and AJ Almendinger. The latest round of Extreme E was also held in Italy, and it was Molly Taylor who finished a best of sixth in the round but still sits third in the standings. And finally, Josh Haynes became the fifth different TA2 Muscle Car Series winner, taking the round at Morgan Park over the weekend. Dream Racing Australia's Jackson Rice won the first three races. However, Rice finished ninth in the final race after a collision with Brad Gartner. That's the racing news from home and abroad. My name is Grant Rowley, and for the final time... I'm reporting for Parked Up Plus with thanks to our great friends at Bob Jane T-Marts. Finally, your favourite motor racing news podcast is moving house. Parked Up Plus is joining Speed Cafe, Australia's go-to motorsport website. Stand by for a new name and enhanced content leveraging the worldwide resources of Speed Cafe. Now, many of you will have noticed I've been writing for Speed Cafe in recent months, and as a part of this deal, my involvement will increase. 
Keep an eye on speedcafe.com for details of where and when the New Look Motorsport News Podcast will appear. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to another Network R production. 